and welcome to a brand new podcast. Um, just in case you didn't have enough podcasts, you've got another one to listen to. This is Soul Care Nomad. Uh, my name is Matthew Wilbanks, and I'm here with my good friend and mentor, Dr. John Okinaga. Um, John, how's it going today? I'm good. Good. What you been up to lately? Uh teaching, being a dad, being a husband and getting ready for this podcast. Mm. So what have you been what have you been like what's your mental game? Cuz you've never done a podcast before, right? No, I've listened to one podcast and that was yours. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to it like once. Nice. Hey, it, it's all about, you know, getting the uh little viewership that I can. Um so what have you done to prep for this podcast? I slept last night. So hey. I'm not so they're not getting the tired Dr. Okinaga today. You're getting John. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me, you're getting uh congestion because I've just been fighting it all week and it's been killing me. But that's just how it is. So would you like to explain how this podcast came around? So for I don't know, the last couple of years, students and even back out when I was actually in California, people always said I need to do a podcast and I've absolutely refuse to do one because I don't listen to podcasts. I don't know what it's about, but I guess it was what, two Tuesday nights ago in our, our practicum class, um, a bunch of you students really encouraged me to do this, uh, specifically uh, Kelly Rich and Matt Wilbanks and Gady Humans. Yeah, I'm, I'm using names. I'm throwing all you guys under the bus because <laughs> if this is horrible, we get like two listeners. I'm blaming you guys. Um, so we should have at least three. But, um, you know, Kelly said there, there really isn't much out there in the realm of biblical counseling that's for the people. And I guess what she meant by that, a lot of them are either really either academic or super theological. And there's nothing for just the average lay counselor out there. Mm. And I challenge you guys. All right. If you come up with the name, the logo, the questions and the equipment, I will do it as long as I just show up on our recording day and I just talk that I do it and 10 days later, here we are. Here we are. And it's not just, you know, that we want to do something for the average person. The The heart behind it is, you know, John, for you, you've had such a journey in the faith um, long, long before you got serious about it. And for me, I've had so much in my life that's happened. And it, this is more of a, of a way for us to kind of just walk with you dear listener. Um, and what we want to do with this is we want to start off by really introducing ourselves. Um, I will go first. Um, like I said earlier, my name is Matthew Wilbanks. I am a youth minister, and I am finishing up my Master of Arts in Biblical Counseling here at the wonderful Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. And I came from Atlanta, Texas, which I know none of you have ever heard of that place before. I get it all the time. And um, my, my heart is for students and my heart is for um, especially those who have rough homes. Um, I come from a broken home myself, and it's by the power of God that I am where I am today, um, finishing up my studies here at Southwestern and looking to pursue Him through student ministry. And that's me in a nutshell. John, what's in, in like, you know, three, a minimum of three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, what is your journey like and why in the world would we call you a nomad? 
three minutes or more, three minutes or less. I want you, I want at least three minutes. At least three minutes. Great. I got to talk. Um, <laughs> you know, I was born and raised in the church. Um, negative nine months, as I like to tell my testimony, my, my parents were already active in the church. I had a pretty typical upbringing, you know, in Sunday school, Sunday morning, then church service and Sunday night, then Wednesday night. Uh, mom and dad were very active in the church. Dad was Sunday school director, um, chairman of deacons, Sunday school teacher. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. We went to Gloriette and Ridgecrest. So, I mean, just basically the um, prototypical good church boy, I guess, up until uh, I was 17. And then my life got, you know, flipped upside down, as Fresh Prince of Bel-Air likes to say. And um my mom came down with a rare neurological disease called myasthenia gravis. And then a couple months later, um, her dad, who I was really close to my grandfather, um, he started to have kidney failure and he was put on dialysis. And a couple months later after that, my dad's dad um, came down with cancer. So within a span of, I guess, less than a year, uh, my idealistic um, utopian worldview was just absolutely blown up. Um, I rebelled and, and rejected God, I was angry at God for about 13 years. And I guess throughout our podcast time, we'll get a little bit deeper into my testimony. But, you know, I, I ran from God for 13 years. And, and by God's grace, I didn't die of an overdose or I didn't get shot or killed or or whatever. And um, after that, I got sober at 30, at 37, I believe. At 37, I went back to school. I'm one of the boys I was uh, working with in the sober living home. He said, hey, you know, I, I never finished my degree. Do I need to go back and, and finish my degree? And at that point, I was in shape, not a shape around like I am now. I was actually a CrossFit junkie. And I said, yeah, you always finish what you start. And he followed up with a question. So what did you get your degree in? And I, I didn't. So I went down to Vanguard University and I was enrolled within five days. Um, I ended up getting my my undergrad from Vanguard University in religion and leadership. I got my uh, master's of biblical counseling here at Southwestern and then my PhD a few, la few years later. So within a span, I think undergrad, master's degree, PhD, I finished all three in seven years. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got hired here as an adjunct professor and now I'm on faculty as a I think I'm an assistant or so whatever the lowest man on the totem pole you can be. I'm the lowest man on the totem pole in the um, professor world. And I've been teaching biblical counseling here um, for a couple years. And, you know, my students call me Dr. Rowe, and I love investing in them, loving on them, and just, you know, trying to let them realize, like, there's absolute hope in Christ. Mm. Was that three minutes or more? You know, I wasn't counting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I just said that. Um, Thanks. I mean, and, and that's, that's really what it is. Um, this podcast is more of a way for for John to really let his heart out, um, because, I mean, a lot of y'all that are listening to this, um, you know him, and you know his heart. His heart is to, you know, raise up, you know, the next generation to um, lead the church, but also lead their homes. And that's something that not his his own father instilled in him, and he's instilling in his son. And there's, there's so much that uh, people want to know because Dr. O, you may not think this, but you're a pretty interesting guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think, I mean, I think I'm pretty boring. Like I come, I teach, <laughs> I go home, I take care of James, my son. You know, I try to be the best husband to Nicole that I can possibly be. And 
I'll be honest, like, I don't get why you guys want me to do this. Like, <laughs> I think I, compared to who I was before, I'm a pretty boring guy. So I, am I allowed to ask you questions? Why do you guys want me to do this? Oh, man. I thought this whole thing was, we ask you questions. No. All right, fine. So, I mean, I don't, I don't remember if you said this, but you're from Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. Someone from Hawaii ends up in Texas. Like, someone doesn't wake up one morning in Hawaii and go, you know what? I want to leave everything beautiful here. <laughs> And then move to, you know, the flatlands of Texas. There's something about it that is, you know, it draws people in of just how, how in the world did you get here? Um, and the reason people want you to do this is because they want to they see what you think. Because um, you've experienced a lot, have you not? Yes, I've, I've experienced a lot. And, you know, like I shared brief, briefly before, you know, it's by God's grace that I'm not dead or... You know, in a mental institution, but but you know that's my past, and I guess maybe for my boys in California who've never heard me share a lot, I, I've opened up a lot more about my past here in Texas than I ever did mm -hmm. in Cali. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe that's where some of my boys back there might be tuning in. But you know, at the end of the day, like I don't think I'm any different than anyone else. You know, like I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I realize that absent of Christ, I'm a I'm a piece of trash, and. You know, it, it, I mean, if, if this is what you guys as students or my friends want, then I'll do it. But I'm going to throw out the the challenge. And, and for those of you who are my students before, you know, I challenge you guys a lot. If I don't get 50 downloads in the first week, we're not doing this anymore. Because <laughs> I Googled what is a successful um, podcast. And to be top 50 percent, you need 32 uh, downloads to be considered. He pulled it up on his computer. No, I really did Google he's, it this he's morning. looking at it right now. <laughs> no, right now I'm looking at uh, Yeti microphones because I also challenge Matt. If we get 100, I'll actually buy my own microphone because currently I'm cheap and I'm borrowing Matt's. So, I mean, <laughs> Heck yeah. if you students are the ones who say you want this, then prove it. Share it with your friends uh, because time is valuable for me right now with, with James and, and Nicole and teaching and you know, I met with my boss, Dr. Shirley, this morning, and he was like, you're adding something else to your, your plate or how much more are you going to add to your plate? So, I mean, I'll keep doing this. But if we get like Matt, Kelly and Gady as only listeners, then this podcast is going to be the shortest lived podcast in history, <laughs> like one episode and we're done. At least I'm brutally honest. Still, Hey, man, I mean, that's 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 it. You won't get that in, you know, a uh, in a formal counseling setting. It's just. This is what it is. These are the facts. So what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to pick your brain. Um, so it's called Soul Care Nomad. We mm -hmm. talked about the nomad and how you came from Hawaii and traveled the, the other direction. Instead of going west, you went east, which is where, you know, all sinful things happen in the <laughs> Old Testament. You went east. But I want to look at, you know, soul care. What, is, what do these two words mean to you and why, why is it that these words stick out to you the most? Um, you know, like as a biblical counselor, we often hear the term soul care. And actually, when I did my dissertation, Dr. Um, Michael Wilder said, what is actually a definition of soul care? And I was like, I don't know. Like, that's just something that we've always used in the biblical counseling movement. And I actually researched it and no one has actually defined soul care. Hmm. Doesn't matter if it's Jay Adams, uh, David Paulison, uh, John Babler, Del Johnson. No one. No one has ever defined soul care. What I think of how I think of soul care is ministering to the broken. Mm. You know, we we live in a society that we're we're looking for quick fixes, that we want 
to be fixed overnight. And as the, the more I do counseling, or I like to call it intensive discipleship, there's some discussions within the movement. What are we actually doing? Well, I believe what I do is intensive discipleship. I don't like sitting behind a desk and talking for an hour. That bores the living daylights out of me. And plus, I work with guys. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk for an hour. No. Right? We're, we're pretty much done after 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can't really call that a counseling session after 15 minutes. So I like to do intensive discipleship. I like to do life with guys. And what I mean by that, like Matt knows this, I like to go eat with, with the boys that I that I disciple. And soul care is is for me uh, something that's lacking in the church. Mm-hmm. We don't do it well. And I think because we don't do it well, we have so many people who need counseling. And I would argue that if we did soul care well, and what I mean by that is like actually addressing life's problems in a way that that honors God, that I'd be out of a job. Mm. But we, we don't do that well in the church. We we go to church Sunday morning, we sing our songs, we listen to the sermon, we, we might go to a, a life group or we might go to a Sunday school class, but then Monday we're back to no Jesus or, or no interactions with others. Mm-hmm. So soul care for me isn't something that happens just necessarily within a counseling session or on Sunday at church. It happens throughout the week, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I invite everyone over to my house, like everyone, everyone. like my house is Grand Central Station, especially during <laughs> football season, during NBA finals, during FIFA World Cup, even though I, I hate soccer. You know, I, I, we're, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, that'll never change. Soccer sucks. <laughs> Soccer sucks, by the way. I don't know if we mm. can say that on a, on a biblical counseling podcast, but we're, we went there. But, you know, I, I think if I can model for you all is not just not your professor, but just as someone who's investing in your guys' lives, what does that actually look like mm-hmm. to care for the broken? That means you open up your home. You have them come over. You cook for them. I feed you guys. Um, I notice that when I say we're doing pizza or it's a true potluck, our numbers dwindle. But when I say I'm doing teriyaki chicken or I'm doing something on the grill, our house is overflowing with with y'all. There's a few certain people that show up uh, whenever there's teriyaki chicken. Yes, there's certain. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think soul care is caring for. So going back to your initial question, what is soul care? It is something that is missing in the church. That is something that we can actually do better than the world, but we don't do better than the world. You know, the mm-hmm. the world has maybe better uh, methodologies, and I'm not getting into the weeds with that, but I'm saying they have better systems set up, not methodology, they have better systems set up. Mm-hmm. They have quote unquote better programs set up. And we're always behind. But the one thing that the church can offer that the world cannot offer is grace. The one thing that the church can offer that the world cannot offer is truly caring for people's souls, not just behavior modification or, or trying to change something or to fix something, but actually investing our time with people who who are broken, mm-hmm. you know? And I know for for the boys to come over to my house, like they know this isn't just a theoretical or hypo- hypothesis that I come up with that time is important because... You guys come over and spend a ton of time at my house, you know, and I say, hey, we're just going to watch a game. And Matt tends to be one of the last to leave. And that's usually (laughs) because I'm asking him to play Mario Kart to unlock the golden car for me. But, you know, um, we have people saying till, you know, 1030, 11 o'clock at night, just Mm -hmm. hanging out on the couch, just just talking story. And and I think that if more of us 
in ministry did that, like truly cared for people's souls that we would care for them in a way where they're comfortable being with us when everyone else is left. Yep. So yeah, that's my long, it was supposed to be a short answer. There's my long answer. And no, no, we like long answers. Yeah. Um, what, and what stands out to me though, is this can happen anywhere. It's not at church, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday nights. It can happen anytime, anywhere. And the, the purpose of, you know, biblical soul care is at the drop of the hat, you know, the Holy Spirit is able to give you the words to say, as we can see Jesus telling his disciples, um, Luke 22, we see it in the Upper Room Discourse, John uh, 13 through 17, I think. Um, it stopped recording for some reason. No, it did? Yeah, on my end it did. Oh, uh, you're clicking around too much. Did I press this button again? Yeah. All right. Wait, hold on. Actually, go to that end. That's okay. One, One two, three. Perfect. Yeah, I was clicking around because my screen kept going to whatever, and I yeah. somehow... Just wiggle the mouse. Just wiggle the mouse. Got yep. it. Don't press anything. Yep. And then keep that in the recording so they know that, you know... <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm doing. No, you don't. It's I have okay. zero idea. <laughs> um, but we have to we have to remember that you know discipleship, soul care can happen anywhere, um, and that's that is also the other part of nomad is that you know we we take the Lord at His word and say God, if you say that you're everywhere, then you mean that you're everywhere, um, and when it comes to biblical counseling. It's not, it doesn't have to be behind a desk. It doesn't even have to be in a building. It could be outside in a park. It could be sitting down in a coffee shop. It could be wherever. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that uh, kind of later. Well, this is more of an introductory episode. So with that being said, John, what is your go-to verse when someone comes to you with really any struggle? If I'm supervising a counselor or if I'm counseling someone? If I'm supervising a counselor, I'm going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5.14, admonish, encourage, help, and be patient. I mean, that's just a, a go-to for us in the biblical counseling world. But I think it provides, I hate to use the word rubric, but it provides a, a structure that we should all be doing when we're coming alongside someone. Mm -hmm. Do they need to be admonished for unruly thinking or unruly behavior? And if the answer is yes, we need to admonish, even if it's going to hurt that person's feelings. Yep. Right. And then it's, and but, you know, unfortunately, that's a lot of what, we are known as we just admonish, admonish, admonish. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. You know, I, that's not me for sure. Right. But, you know, admonishment has to take place because if we're not addressing sin and we're not calling sin a sin, we're no different than the world. We, we just want to keep people happy and have people like us. And I think that's a bunch of rubbish. Mm -hmm. um, next is encourage. You know, encouragement is whether it's through words or, you know, just, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, putting your hand on the short, hey, it's going to be okay. Reaffirming that. They're going to be okay. Help, uh, encourage help, you know, helping people, whether it's helping them with homework assignments or practical advice. You know, you seminary students do an excellent job with scripture and scripture application. Mm -hmm. Like you do it better than me. Not going to lie. Like you have more verses at the top of your head than I do. You guys are really, really good at, at that part. But where you guys struggle is the practical advice and homework. Like I, I looked at your guys' 
case reports that went on for practical. I'm like, man, you guys do an excellent job of exposition. And then I get to the practical advice and homework, and I'm, your practical advice, read the Bible. Well, no kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, We're really the, living up to that stigma of read the Bible and pray about it. You, you, you guys <laughs> really are living up to that stigma. But some of the practical advice is like, get out of your house, get, get, some, get some sunlight. And homework, you guys are always read this scripture. And, and yes, I'm not, we're not discounting that, but homework can look a little bit different than that, right? Mm -hmm. Homework can be, um, I need you to go see a doctor. You know, homework can be, I need you to get 10 hours of sleep because you've gone three weeks with two hours of sleep. So some of that, that type of stuff is, is where you guys in the biblical counseling seminary world are, are struggling with. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side, for those of us who came from more the secular side, we're really good at the homework and practical advice. Like, that's easy for us. Mm -hmm. But the scripture application and, and whatnot, that tends to be a little bit difficult, the, the, the switch, right? Right. So that's why, you know, Matt and a couple other students, we have a book called um, Counseling the Heart. Uh, what's our book title? That's over here. Uh Biblical handbook for counseling our heart issues. Yeah, biblical. Yeah, that. Or thing. in Portuguese, our cardiac issues. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> that that book is it, it's done and, and whatnot. But what as I did that book, I struggled. Or I had to. I had to use my commentaries to figure out what Bible verses are applicable to make sure it's exegetically sound. You know, you guys do it just off the top of your head. Well, I wouldn't say off the top of my head. There were there were a few Google searches of few. what what does the Bible say about anger? Yeah. Like, I mean, a good friend of mine, when I was going through some stuff, he we would sit in his office, um, and this is when I was in college and working in the uh, working in the cafeteria, and he was getting his master's in biblical counseling, and I would come to him. I'm just like, man, I'm not doing good. He goes, well, why don't you come to my office? We'll sit down, and we would talk for half an hour. And he would go, um, give me a second. He would go to Google and he would look up a verse. He's like, okay, I'm right. Uh, let's look at this verse. And, and like a lot of times people think the internet is a terrible thing. The internet's a great resource. Hey, if you know, if you know where to look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do that. And we're not going to Wikipedia, obviously, but you know, right. I'm, I'll be honest with my counselees. Like <laughs> if I don't have that book in front of me, it's probably on my phone, but I've Googled a ton of times in, in a counseling session. Like, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Give, give me a minute. And then as I look at script, you know, that, that verse speaks to this. Yep. Like, I can actually talk to you about this. And I think, you know, new biblical counselors, you guys get stuck. Like, you need to have the answer off the top of your head. And if you don't, that, that you're a bad counselor or you guys give up and I say, hey, I'm a professor. And there's times where there's topics that come up that I actually use Google. Mm -hmm. Not Google. I use Logos, right? So I have Logos on my phone. And I, I probably could have bought a car with how much stuff out of my logos at this point. So if I can't figure it out on logos, we're in trouble. Mm. But, you know, it, it's for the beginning counselors. Don't beat yourself up if you got to use Google or you got to use logos or you got to use our book that should be published at some point. Um, we'll, keep and then, you, we'll keep you in the loop for sure. Yeah. And then the last one is, you know, help and be patient with them all. Mm -hmm. You know, not just people you like, but actually um, the people you don't like. Are, mm -hmm. are you going to actually walk alongside that person and, and care for them the same way you care for the person that you actually enjoy spending time with? Right. And then I guess in a, in a counseling session, when I'm the counselor, not the supervisor, um, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, the fruit of the spirit. You know, and, and I can spend nine weeks in the fruit of the spirit. Why? Because I've done a ton of research. I've, I've spent 17 years really focusing on the fruit as a way to um, navigate life's trials. And, the, and it's also because earlier in, in Galatians 5, Paul talks about the acts of the sinful nature, the acts of the flesh. 
And there's 13 acts of the flesh. And what I've noticed in my counseling experience is all 13 in some way, shape, or form are impacting someone's life-dominating sins or are feeding into the struggle that they're presenting as they come in for counseling. So I can technically spend 22 weeks in, in Galatians 5, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to, to break it down. But I don't spend 13 weeks in Acts of the Flesh. I don't give Satan that much time and effort. I spend one session on Galatians 5, Acts of the Flesh, and just walking people through, is that you? Is that you? And what you're going to find, the answer is yes. Yep. I am angry. I have jealousy. I have discord. I have fits of of jealousy. You know, all those things that are found in, in those verses. And and then I'll go, all right, so let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And actually walking them through, one of my assignments is, give me two verses that speak on love. Give me two for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. Give me two verses that speak to that. And and what they don't realize is that at the end, go memorize it. Mm-hmm. You know, so by the time we're done with the fruit of the Spirit, they have 18 Bible verses that speak to their issues. And and that's kind of just where I go from a supervision perspective and then from a, a counseling perspective as well. Yep. Yep. My, my go-to is always um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. That's what my mom really drilled in my head. Um, that's her favorite verse, but it's... Um, oh no, now it's gone. Now that I want to talk about it, oh, time to pull out the Bible. <laughs> this is see every time I do a podcast or anything, I always have my Bible sitting right beside me because I'm like, I need to know this. I don't know this, but I need to know this. Here it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him, and He will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. I always stick with this one because it does cover a lot of different things. Um, Because would you say when someone comes to you for counseling and they have an issue, what is their focus mostly on? Self. Yeah. Um, And according to Proverbs 3, that's not good. No. What we need to do is we need to have our, our eyes focused on the Lord and when we do this, that means we take the focus off of ourselves and we put it on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working with a student one time who was, he was, he was going through a breakup and he was just, he was really going, th- I mean, if you're a parent, you understand sometimes your teens go through breakups and it's just the end of the world. But what I did was I sat him down. Um, this was at church camp. Everyone else is doing everything. It was at night. I pull him out of our cabin, sit him down at one of the picnic tables outside, and I was like, read this. Mm. And he read it, and he's like, what am I supposed to do? I was like, read it again. <laughs> and and what I did is I slowly walked through this passage, and I asked him, so what are you supposed to do now? I go, he goes, I guess I'm, I'm supposed to trust in the Lord with all my heart. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's almost like that's exactly what it says. Like... Whenever you have people that come up and talk to you that the Bible's too complicated, what's normally your answer for that? You're overcomplicating it. Stop it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's really simple. I mean, it's simple. But we start to use like big words, mm. especially in seminary, right? Mm. I love, but I love using big words. I don't. <laughs> One, because I'm probably going to say it wrong because I, I, I turboed through Greek and Hebrew in the original languages. So I'm not the greatest and I had no zero Aramaic. Aramaic, Aram, what? You know, so um, I don't like big words. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't like that, you know, when I first came to seminary, 
the first semester I spent Googling terms. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're expecting me to know what homodiology is? Like, for real? Like, what is that? Soteriology? Like, and and I get it. Like, we're, we're in a seminary setting. But, you know, for these students who are new or, or whatever, and that's not you, it's okay. Like, you're my people. Mm-hmm. Like, I talk about the Holy Spirit. You know? I talk about salvation. I don't use the big words. Why? Because... 99% of the people we counsel aren't going to know those big words. Nor are they going to care. Or are they going to care? Yeah, they're gonna, oh, look at you, you nerd. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be the nerd, even though I have a PhD. But, you know, it's it's as you come along, these people and do soul care, realize that you don't have to be a professor. You don't have to be super smart like Dr. Dale Johnson, mm-hmm. you know? You, you don't have to be, you know, the practitioner extraordinaire like Dr. John Babler. That you just need to be you. Mm-hmm. That God has gifted you in your own ways to be you, and, and and I'll be I'm not I'll be totally honest. When I first started being a professor, I wanted to be a combination of, I wanted to be academic like Dr. Johnson, I wanted to be um, the practitioner like Dr. Babbler, and then I wanted to just be the, the compassionate, just always being there for students like how Dr. Cat was for 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 me, you know, and and someone challenged me, and he was like, "Why don't you just be John?" And once I stopped trying to be them and I just started to be myself, I think I really started to enjoy doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That God has gifted me in ways. I'm not going to be as smart as Dr. Johnson. I tried to beat his his record getting a PhD. I didn't even come close. He got it done in two years. Oof. I was like two and a half, Ugh. two and a half, three, you know, and and I'll never have the experience like Dr. Babbler does working with, you know, I'm not being called to do like how he was called for the shooting at, at VTech or some of the shootings like down here in, in, in Texas, you know, I'm not that guy on speed dial for crisis mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, like God is placing where I'm at and I'm good with that. And, and as you guys start to, to go and do this as biblical counselors, just be you. Don't try to be the people that you're reading in the books. Mm-hmm. Be like Jesus. That's it. Yep. And if you can do that, you'll do well. Yeah. It's almost like, Ephesians 2.10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Mm -hmm. It's almost like now that we have been saved by the blood of Christ and made new through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have a job to do. Yeah, And it's not a job that is for professionals, and it's not even a job for people who have knowledge. Like, none of Jesus' disciples... We're smart people by any means. No, they're fishermen. Fishermen. Carpenters. Tax tax collectors. So like the lowest of the low people. Mm -hmm. And look what happened to them. Peter stood up, the biggest coward out of all of them, stood up in front of thousands of people at the the temple, proclaimed the message of Christ, and 3,000 people were added to the Mm -hmm. church. Like, it's, it's important for us to remember that anything we do for Christ... As long as the intent of our heart is to worship the Lord and help someone we're sitting across from, God will bless it. I have a question. Is this just going to be for biblical counselors or is this going to be like for the average person who just wants to get help with some of their stuff? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So both? Yeah. This is for everybody. Yeah, because I, I want to make sure that if you're still listening that and you're like, hey, I'm not a biblical counselor. I have no desire to be a biblical counselor, mm-hmm. that there's still going to be value in them, you know, tuning in to listen to to what we're trying to accomplish here. Yep. 
So, um, what I want to do is I want to point out uh, something that we've been walking through at our church as we've started walking through in our home groups, uh, the book of Nehemiah. And we took some time to read through uh, chapters one and two, and something stood out to me in chapter two. Um, Nehemiah was the cupbearer before um, the king of Persia, and so he's almost like second in command pretty much. And he is a Jew. He is faithful to the Lord. And he's, he goes into work, and his boss sees that he is, he is very downcast and sad. And he asks him in verse 4 of Nehemiah chapter 2, Then the king asked me, What is your request? So I prayed to the God of heavens, and I answered the king. And he tells the king what's on his heart. And then uh, in the ending of verse 8, The king granted my request, for the gracious hand of my God was on me. Hmm. That was something I had, I've read through Nehemiah a few times. That was something I never saw till this week, mm. was that when Nehemiah started with prayer and he gave it to the Lord, the gracious hand of my God was on me. That's what he wrote in Nehemiah 2. And so as we go through our lives, we have to remember that it is not us that does this. It is the Lord. And God uses us to do these great and fantastic things. And so... Um, if you have any questions, we will be getting uh, an email set up for you to send it to us so that we can get it and we can answer these questions. Um, and this, like, like, uh, like John said, this is for anyone. This is for someone who's been working in biblical counseling for 20 years, for two years, and someone who just randomly found this podcast. Um, we want to do whatever we can to help y'all. So if you have any questions, um, I will set up an email and I will put it in the description uh, so that you can talk to us, get an answer from us. And um, if just as a, as a side note, um, this is something that both myself and John hold near and dear to our hearts, and it's your physical safety. Mm. If you are ever in danger of harming yourself, get help immediately. Um, we can't help you over email. Yeah. And... As you always say, you can't counsel a dead man. <laughs> you can't. We, we practice holistic counseling, which means we want to make sure your mind is sound and your body is also healthy. Um, so go to the doctor if you haven't. Um, I should probably because I haven't been in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Rowe, do you have any closing thoughts? Sure. And, you know, thank, if you've made it this far, thank you. Um, it's an honor and privilege that you guys care enough to, to listen to Matt and I because we're just a bunch of nobodies. But we have a, an absolute desire to be obedient to the Word of God and do what God has placed on our hearts and to care for the broken. And, and if we can help you, please let us know. Please email Matt because I'm, I have enough emails for, for work. I'm just joking. If you, <laughs> you got to email me, then you email me. But, you know, ultimately we're here to um, evangelize the lost, teach the saved, mm -hmm. to bring hope to, to a pretty dark world. And hopefully we're a little funny and we're, we're entertaining, but ultimately... That we're, we're laying biblical truth, a biblical foundation to helping you guys with whatever you're going through, whether it's a counselor, a counselee, or just some random person who is like, hey, that, that's a cool um, podcast name. I don't want to listen. And, and I just want you to know that if you want to know who this Jesus is, and we're going to close every single podcast with an invitation, mm -hmm. every single podcast. And if we forget, that's on us. But if you want to know who this Jesus guy is and you want to know how... Christ can help you overcome whatever you're going through. Please let us know him. You know, we have churches around the world that we can connect you with, great pastors in, in all 50 states. And and we're, we're here to um, help you realize that 
that you're not beyond the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone in your fight. Yeah. If God is everywhere, he's even with you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, all of Dr. O's stuff will be in the, the description, his, his website, his email, his phone number, his social security number. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening.